This morning's Dharma talk is by Joan Harmon, our head student. She is completing her term, uh, or her practice period as head student, and uh, it's been quite a strange practice period for any head student to inhabit, but she has certainly done so with so much grace and grace and care for the Sangha, having teeth and extending her uh, role um, beyond what the practice period was supposed to do. So, uh, so I'm really delighted that uh, we'll celebrate her today in our ceremony. So it's up to you, Joan. Okay. I find myself before you today offering my last Dharma talk as head student, if not for all time. Uh, for each of my talks, the looming question has been, this talk will be about what? I decided to follow the Dharma as I know it in answering this question. As I approached being head st student, I was filled with trepidation. How could I skillfully fulfill all the demands of the role? At first, I couldn't even use the term head student, much less capitalize it. I finally came to ease by thinking of myself not as the head student, but the big learner. I talked to former head students, seeking wisdom from them. I came to understand that I had this idea that for me to be head student, I needed to turn myself into someone else. Someone who was absolutely familiar with all Buddhist teachings. Someone who could answer every question with just the right Buddhist story. Someone who could do koans. But what I came to recognize is that the Buddha simply asks us to embrace this being fully. That I could do. Once I embraced this being, the subjects for my three Dharma talks and the contents for the introductory to Zen class came easy. I expressed what this being knew about the Dharma. So with this talk, I want to use what I consider two of this being's central attributes. Just a moment. Thank you. I, I didn't know if you could hear that sound, but I wanted to get it off in case you could. So what I wanted to do was to talk about the two attributes this being has that are central to her. The ability to feel gratitude and the urge to support that which is beneficial that is occurring in the world. I would like to start by expressing my gratitude for what Peg and Apamata have provided to the world through the teachings of the Buddha during this practice period and also through this most unusually difficult period of facing the rising effects of the pandemic as it plays itself out. 
practicing the Brahma Viharas is such a loving, caring work. In the March intensive, we actually trained in radiating benevolence, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. We would study one, then go out into our daily lives, training in radiating that Brahma Vihara. I smile when I picture us leaving the intensive in the morning and going out into the world and meeting it with love and good intentions. I can imagine the ripples. I have no doubt of the benefit Apamata is sending into the world. Then came the shutdown. In one day, Apamata went from business as usual to a totally online presence. We didn't skip a beat. Of course, it didn't just happen. Unknowingly, but in her usual skillful manner, Peg had already positioned Apamata on Zoom for distant uh, participants. With her and Kim Mosley's heroic efforts, it all came about seamlessly. They have been supported by Anne Heinen, Peter Williams, Jessica Steinbalmer, and others in the Sangha. Through this time, Apamata has been available, providing programs daily, offering the Dharma. And what a time it has been. We have been cut off from life as we knew it. Some of us have lost our jobs, but still have expenses mounting. Some of us were shut into our retirement facilities, no longer getting to see our loved ones as the last moments of our lives dwindle away. <clears throat> Some of us were left totally alone to deal with the new world order without any tangible means of comfort. Some of us were shut in with difficult family situations. In these very difficult times, Peg cleared her calendar of her many important responsibilities, not only locally, but nationally. She set up a daily open hour for anyone to drop in virtually who needed support and connection. In time, Peg started chanting the lineage of the Buddhist ancestors before morning zazen starting at six. <clears throat> Peg said she wanted the Sangha to get an embodied feeling of how the human species has endured through all sorts of difficult times for thousands and thousands of years, times of famine, war, and other pandemics. A few of us join Peg as the chants, uh, as she chants the ancestors and Laurie and Joel on Fridays. <clears throat> One of us is in charge of the COVID-19 response in Madison. She says being part of the chanting of the ancestors helps calm her and prepare her for the day ahead. Now, here we are in this intensive, learning how the Brahma Viharas, as an expression of our Buddha nature, fortify us as we practice the Four Noble Truths. 
as we wake up to our adding suffering to painful experiences in life, we can have compassion and benevolence for ourselves and others to fortify us as we erect a container for our emotions instead of spewing them out into the world. Once we have ceased the craving and compulsion, we feel joy. And as we go about choosing the way to live out our liberation, we use equanimity to wisely choose our course. We have a wonderful guide to living a life of value, a life that contributes to the liberation, health, and well-being of all. This is what Apamata has given us during this practice period intertwined with the pandemic. It has offered guidance for good, wise, healthy living and how to deal with the painfulness that invariably rises in sentient beings living on this planet. Apamata has offered support and presence during these difficult times of isolation. It has offered the opportunity to have intimate, meaningful connection as we are isolated in our homes. It has offered community. It has offered a positive presence and a positive guide. We are able to permeate into our troubled world. I am so grateful to have Apamata in my life and as a force in my community and the world. As with the Buddhist teachings, this is all freely given. It is not without cost, of course, but we support Apamata for the good of all. Apamata's good health is so important to our own good health and the health of the world. We support Apamata so its benefits are available to everyone, regardless of their means. What Apamata offers is just too important to allow finances to be a hindrance. As I think about the moments in this intensive, I was so touched by the intimate sharing of the pain in our lives. We sat in loving community to address the puzzle of our causes and conditions so that we can better be a better partner of liberation to ourselves and others. These tender moments reminded me of the Mary Oliver poem, The Place I Want to Go Back To. The place I want to go back to is where in the pine woods, in the moments between the darkness and the first light, two deer came walking down the hill. And when they saw me, they said to each other, okay, this one is okay. We'll see what she is, who she is and why she is sitting on the ground like that. So quiet as if asleep or in a dream but anyway, harmless. So they came on their slender legs and gazed upon me, not unlike the way I go out to the dunes and look and look and look 
into the faces of the flowers. And then one of them leaned forward and nuzzled my hand. And what in my life can bring me that would exceed this brief moment? For 20 years, I have gone every day to the same woods, not waiting exactly, just lingering. Such gifts bestowed can't be repeated. If you want to talk about it, come to visit. I live in the house near the corner, which I have named Gratitude. My heart is filled with gratitude for Apamata. It is the vessel in which moments like the one Oliver described occur as the backdrop for liberating ourselves and our world. It provides the teaching and practice for waking up and learning and training in skills so we can work for the liberation, health, and well-being for all. When I emerged from the valley of the shadow of death in 2017, having survived stage four cancer with the help of new cutting edge medicine leaving no evidence of disease, I looked very carefully at how I'd spend what I considered my second life. I looked at the things I would allow myself to spend my life on and the things that I would no longer waste my life doing. Apamata and my Zen practice were a big part of my life before I got sick. When I unsentimentally looked at whether or not I would continue Zen practice, it just appeared to me the only way to live. What better way could I live? What better could I do or take up? Please be encouraged. Continue your turn toward releasing the causes and conditions that continue your pain. Be a person of benevolence, compa compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity, equanimity in the world. Stay curious and engage with others skillfully for the enlightenment of all. And continue in Sangha with Apamata. So um, we have a, a little bit of time for questions if people want to ask questions. And then uh, we'll take a little short break and we'll start sitting again at 1030. Uh, people will need to be mute, unmuted. 
if they want to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. like to ask a question of Joan. Suzanne was my roommate uh, at Lotus Lake one year at the intensive. Mm -hmm. Hello Joan, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for your Dharma talk. Um, I'm curious Joan, what you said about um, after your recovery from cancer, you wondered whether or not to continue your Zen practice. Can you say more about that? Well, <clears throat> first of all, my practice served me royalty, royally while I was sick. Uh, it was amazing. I've talked a lot with Sarah about this. When I reflect on it, it all seems positive. I mean, there were a lot of negatives, but I just found myself filled with gratitude and uh, there was no room for anger or fear or blame. You know, I just was filled with gratitude. And I used my practice throughout in difficult times. And of course, my Sangha supported me royally. Peg came to visit. Uh, Robin uh, Bradford did a very special guided meditation for me that I played over 300 times, you know, every day listening to. Uh, and so Appamata stayed a big part of my life, but also my Zen practice was just throughout. And yet at the end, uh, you know, I was going to say, and, and I was depressed, but I don't think this was it. I looked at everything very seriously. I mean, I was starting over. It was a clean slate, a new life, and everything had to measure up <laughs> to get included in this new life. I, I didn't want to make mistakes of the old life. And so I looked at Zen practice um, just as rigorously as I looked at everything else. But the answer was just so clear. You know, I mean, you know, what else, what better, what better can you do? How, how better can you live than this? Thank you. Thank you so much, Joan. So I have a question. Um, what do you see as your post-head student life? <laughs> I can't even imagine it. <laughs> I don't know what tomorrow will be like. <laughs> I counted up, it's been somewhere around 137 days. Yeah. Typically the practice period is 90 days. So, uh, so Joan has really served a, a whole lot longer than she expected to. <laughs> well, and it's been such a pleasure because it was just being with Sangha. And you know, I've always loved our Sangha uh, just knowing I was sitting with the, you know, the most wonderful people on earth, but 
then I got to know them so much better. They were very generous coming forward in tea. <laughs> I don't know if everyone knows this, but that's Joan's seat in the corner of the room behind Peg by the door. Yes. Uh, every every morning I would look at my rockasoo on top of that seat <laughs> where I left the last time before things closed down. <laughs> Joan? Oh, it's Sarah. Sarah. I don't know if you can hear me. I can hear you and see you. Okay. All right. Good. Um, I, I, I loved your talk. It was beautiful. Thank you so much. And I wanted to know if you have a response to this, um, without thinking about it, what is the main thing that the Sangha taught you as head student? Wow. Um, it's kind of hard to group the Sangha all together, but I guess it's would be the love that uh, exists on this planet from humans that um, they give so openly uh, and generously. And wow, uh, who could ask for anything more? <laughs> anything better? Thanks for that question. I love that you, you use the term big learner in order to really fully embrace um, yeah. this being fully, as you said, to come forward as yourself. I really liked that. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> it's a wonderful gift to have you in the Sangha because you have such a capacity for appreciation. And so everyone feels appreciated and welcomed um, by you. Oh. How wonderful. That's just what I'd want. <laughs> and Joan, I was, Joan, I also, I just wanted to thank you for a beautiful Dharma talk. And um, also one thing I really appreciate about, appreciate about you is um, the joy you radiate is um, benevolence. That It's just wonderful to be, have the privilege of being around. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something that you offer to not only the Sangha, but the whole world. So anyway, just thank you very much. Okay, we'll have opportunities for more congratulatory remarks after the ceremony. Um, <laughs> that's a time. Yeah, you may hear these. Yeah, you may hear these answers again. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, let's take a little uh, short break and come back by ten thirty. Uh, and then uh, uh, we'll have one zazen period, and then the writing activity will follow that. So, and that's offline. So, uh, I encourage you when we do that uh, writing activity to um, find a quiet place away from any screens uh, with a paper and pencil or pen and just write by hand um, in response to those questions that I sent out this morning. So, we'll sit for uh, half an hour, 10.30 to 11. And then that'll be the writing time will be from 11 to 11.30. Okay? All right. Thank you. Take, take, just take a short break. Be back by 10.30. <laughs> 